Okay, fellow horned toad loyal listeners, welcome back to another edition of the Clagato Veteran Podcast for Season 5, Episode 19. Now, today is May 4th, so may the 4th be with you. And, on that note, um, this just happened by coincidence because I've been wanting to do this subject matter for, I, I guess, believe since uh, season one. But this one is incantations and invocations. That's going to be the theme for this episode. And this is all pretty much about prayer. Um, I don't know if you want to call it the power of prayer. Um, words of healing, words of wisdom, words of evil. You know, just kind of putting that all together. And the reason why I wanted to do this was pretty much during the whole coronavirus pandemic, plandemic, uh, that whole situation right there is where people were saying, oh, we need to pray, we need to do this, we need to do that. But truly, I think that nobody really, well, there are some people who are, who are religious, you know, they. I'm pretty sure they did that, but I'm thinking a lot of people like the politicians just did it for show. They didn't really, I don't think they even really believed it because they knew what all this was uh, what was going on behind that, uh, coronavirus scenario, you know? So then, um, you know, so then they're just kind of like contradicting and whatnot. So I just kind of figured, um, that I wanted to do it back then, but with, uh, Navajo Pedro, my former co-host there, he's more religious. He's, he's more, um, I, I guess Christian. I, I want to say Christian cause I kind of forgot, but, um, I, I wanted to do this during season one so I could hear his take on, you know, just how crooked the government is during these times and saying, oh, yeah, we need to pray. We need to come together and, you know, hold each other's hands and pray to God for a miracle to stop the coronavirus. You know, I, I just really wanted to know what he was going to say about it. But anyways, um, it finally popped into my head, you know, I don't know, about an hour ago. No, a few days ago, but I lost the subject matter. Then a few minutes ago, finally hit me again. I was like, Oh shit, that's what I was going to talk about. So this, um, incantations and invocations, pretty much prayers. I just, I just wanted to show that there's a difference that I want to talk about. And, um, so anyways, uh, so it's going to be a five segment, um, episode here. And the first one is going to be belief in prayers. The second one will be curses and contradictions. The third one will be church and state. The fourth one will be action over words. And finally, the last one is going to be universal language. And so this whole, you know, segment, I mean, this whole episode is just all about that. Now, I'm not going to hit everything, all the points that I wanted to, because sometimes, you know, there are other points that I want to drive. But these are the main ones that I really wanted to talk about. And, you know, obviously, we can go back over it again. So... Get ready to, you know, hear some crazy thoughts from your favorite native ravager. And um, so let's go ahead and start off this first segment with belief in prayers. So I'm not a religious man, but here we go. All right, my little horned toad loyal listeners, um, let's go start off this um, season five, episode 19, with the theme of incantations and invocations with our first subject, which is belief in prayers. 
And this segment is about the words of healing most religious humans push push for while the reality of others' misery might not be that simple. And and I'm going to try to keep this around 15 minutes. If I go beyond 15 minutes because I might really get into the subject matter, then I'll, I'll cap it off at 20 minutes. But other than that, um, let's, uh, let's talk about this for a second. You know, the, um, for every positive prayer, there's a negative one because the prayers coming out of your mouth, the, the words that you make are energies, you know, both sides create. So with me being witchcraft, you know, since the day I was born by the, uh, you know, the Tuojule side of, um, New Mexico, you know, there was always, um, that, um, well, not a belief, but that story, I guess, or the mind frame possibly that, that got told to me as a little kid was that there are evil prayers. There are backward prayers. And so I was like, you know, as a little kid, I was like, always trying to figure out why would these Navajos want to do, you know, negative prayers? Why would they want to do, you know, um, bad prayers? And, and, you know, I've always heard that our language was sacred, but then to have people use it backwards and doing like backward ceremonies, they would, um, well, obviously off of jealousy, that's what they would do it for. They would, you know, come to, um, try to kill you. Like what the buck tooth, um, buck tooth little witch is doing to me, trying to kill me. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But you know, this long history of, um, coming from that type of negative background, not that I was raised in witchcraft, but I was probably just cursed with hexes and spells. And, you know, as I've gotten older, you know, they, I don't know if anybody like, um, was like really like watching over me and kind of probably saw my future, predicted it. But this whole thing with the uh, nonprofit aspect that I've been pushing for, that might be the positive thing that they saw. And they're like, oh, wow, we need to kill this guy before, or this kid before he grows into the man that's going to make a difference and um, try to end the suffering of others and stuff like that, you know? So anyways, that's, that was my thought. And then also, you know, just the whole thing about prayers, you know, it just, it just doesn't really sit well with me because, um, you know, with the way, with the way modern Navajos pray, um, excuse me, um, they're always, most of the time they're mentioning God. And so I kind of think, you know, are they thinking of a, a man with a white beard? You know, the, the portrayal of a Catholic, not Catholic Christian God, you know, um, and I, you know, we've seen those pictures as, you know, as we've grown up and we saw, we've seen pictures of, um, what God looks like, a white beard, white hair with a robe and, uh, like a staff, I guess. And, you know, Jesus is depicted the same way, all that stuff. Anyway, anyways, um, that's where, you know, I kind of think, are these Navajos praying to like when they, when they think of God, is that what they picture? Cause to me, that's what I picture, you know, and, and it's hard for me to when, cause my mom raised me traditional. So it's hard for me to see the holy not holy spirit but the holy people you know and and that's another thing um we're told 
Well, I, for me, you know, I was told that there are holy people that surround us. And, you know, we got the four sacred mountains and all that. But my thoughts are um, just pretty much of a white man, uh, God, with a beard. And sometimes when I see pictures of uh, Yeibiches, like paintings, and they're in the sky, and they're, you know, there's corn pollen and all that stuff going on, it's kind of hard for me to look at that and say, okay, that's, that's a God or is that God? And then others are like, oh, well, there's a sun God, you know, he's the almighty, all powerful. And then I'm, you know, in modern times, I'm looking up at the sun. I'm like, damn, that's way too bright. You know, what, what, what are we looking for again? And then also with the belief in prayers, um, for, you know, like I said, there's, there's not negative and positive in, you know, there's energies being created out of your mouth, you know, and, and if it's for positive purposes, like having someone recover from an injury or near death experience or something really bad and terrible that hopefully, yeah, it maybe it does work out. And that positive energy that you put out there will help them out. But then on the other hand, what if it's someone you just really hate, you don't uh, agree with the way they live their lives or the way they treat people and they're just like, uh, like pedophiles, you know, are, are you going to pray for a pedophile? Like if you have a child and you know that that pedophile has, you know, touched your child in the wrong way, you know, are you in, in that pedophile's like say dying of cancer or something, are you going to sit there and say, oh, well... God, you know, help this person heal and recover, learn from their ways, or, he's gonna, or are you just going to be like, you know what, you touch my kid, you die, you son of a bitch, you know, so the, all this stuff I always kind of like keep in mind, and it's hard for me just to say, well, you know, belief in prayers is something that I, you know, push for, you know, it's my, it's a part of my life in my religious stance, or the spiritual side of, you know, what I believe in is, is prayers, you know, and then, so right there, you know, that's where I, I just kind of step away and back away because it's not that I'm evil. It's just that, you know, that's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of not questions, but there's just a lot of different aspects to prayers that my brain cannot wrap around. It just can't accept prayers as the end all be all for, you know, your time of need, you know, and in time of stress. So, you know, more or less, I just have wishful thinking, like, you know, let's, well, let me see, maybe this person might within their own body, because they want to live, like, especially if someone's dying, you know, like my late old, older brother, for example, I did not pray for him, you know, even though everybody was like, well, there's a ch the 50-50 chance he may, he may not survive on the uh, operating table. And, you know, and I look at that and I'm like, well, you know, he knows what he's doing. You know, uh, he was, he was very adamant about how he was gonna, you know, survive this operation and stuff like that. And he did, but when he started dying, you know, from all types of different, um, uh, medical and, uh, and health related, um, illnesses and, you know, the overdose of, um, prescription medication, all that stuff being put together, you know, he died from that rather than on the operating table. So that gave me more clarity that, yeah, you could be, you could probably beat something that could have, that, you know, were, were the, um, 
not the ratio, but where the odds are against you and you come out of it. But, you know, whether it be your, your health, your, your lifestyle change or your mentality change, if it doesn't change and you just kind of keep seeing being the same way, you know, I, I think that might be another factor that could, well, definitely it, uh, my brother's unhealthy lifestyle is what kind of also added to his, the speed at which he died, you know. And my other brother, the one that was an alcoholic, the one that died from alcoholism, he he knew what he was doing. He knew he was going to die that week. And he was like, he shaved his head and he was just kind of like, like he wanted to fight me, but I didn't want to fight him because... um I just didn't have time for it. And, you know, and I wanted to talk to him when he was sober, but every time I came back home from work, he was already drunk again. So I was like, damn it, I missed that opportunity. So, so for me, you know, when he finally died, I was like, well, shit, man, is this what you wanted? Because, um, you're always talking about, uh, well, he was kind of like a, he was kind of in between like Bible and traditional, so he was jumping both sides and he was like, you know, he would believe whatever side was going to get him through whatever, um, whatever stressful situations he put himself in. And that alcohol was already killing his uh, liver anyways. And his kidneys, I don't know if his, how, how bad his kidneys were, but his, his liver was pretty bad. So, and eventually, you know, the doctor told him, you keep drinking that vodka you're going to die. You keep drinking that hard liquor, that Jim Beam and the whiskey and all that shit. And he knew what he was doing. So that's what kind of pissed me off about his death is that he chose to cop out like a little bitch and, you know, kill himself that way. And I'm like, dude, man, the rest of us still have to suffer too, you know? And that's the one thing I don't like about what hanging around drunk Navajos is when they start to realize their mortality is imminent. You know, I mean, there's like a, a limit to their mortality and they're not immortal. Then they start talking, um, about dying and death. And then, you know, they, they don't want nobody to cry at their funeral. And I was like, man, shut up. You know, you can't really make that, you know, you really can't, even if you're a sober person, you really can't make that, uh, commitment. It just depends on how hard, you know, someone's death hits you. And if you, if you cry, you cry, you know, and that's why when they say, oh, I don't want nobody crying at my funeral, I'm just like, well, then shut up. Don't talk about it then because, you know, you don't know the effect that you're doing to people that actually love you, you know, and that's when um, I, I've seen this, you know, a lot lately when Navajo families lose someone to uh, alcoholism and maybe uh, to like a drunk driver or drinking and driving or overdose on fentanyl or meth or whatever the family is in like grief and the person that died, you know, they, they ain't got nothing left to worry about, you know? So to me, it's kind of greedy that they do that. But also I do take into account that, you know, if you have suffered such a traumatic childhood that, um, you can't tell someone to stop drinking, you can't force them to stop drinking. You can't beat it out of them, you know? So what I do is I just stay away from them. You know, I'm just like, you know, you guys piss me off because you act like overgrown babies, toddlers. You got your bottle, you're stumbling around, you shit and piss on yourself. 
And then, you know, you carry your bottle like a baby and, you know, things don't go right in your life. You start crying, you know, and, and I am no babysitter, man. I don't got time for that. So it's, that's why I don't go to the bars. You know, I don't hang out with alcoholics. Uh, once I see people drinking, I'm just like, you know, I'm going home. And if that alcohol follows me home and someone's drunk, I say, man, get the hell out of here before I knock you down. I don't want to look at you like that. you know, it's just too embarrassing, you know? So anyways, that's, you know, I'm pretty much on the wishful thinking on my part. And, and then for me, you know, when I was younger as a kid, I would, I would try to pray. <laughs> I would pray to God for things to change, for things to get better. And they got worse. So that really basically fucked me up in the head, you know, cause I'm like, why is this God that everybody's saying to pray to, to make things better is actually making things worse. You know, I, this is not what I wanted. I wanted things to be better. Now, now for me, like I said, you know, I, I was able to get out of childhood without being molested. Like a lot of people I didn't know that were molested. So, you know, that's something to be, um, grateful for. And, you know, I'm not trying to put anybody down that got molested as a kid, but, um, just all the, the things that, um, I, I guess we're going to eventually lead me down the road of hate and anger. It all started through alcohol, you know, seeing my dad beat up my mom and see my brother get drunk and try to run after my other brother with a knife. And then my current brother, who's uh, who I call the alley cat and he's out in Albuquerque now. And he's just making a fool of himself. You know, he's, he's sleeping out in the streets, like he's homeless, you know, and you know, and w what can I really say to him? You know, cause everybody that had something to say to influence him to stop drinking, he ignored it and went even harder. And even then he, he told our mom, he goes, he says like, mom, don't tell me not to drink. Cause I'll, I'll drink harder or something like that. And I'm like, God damn, how fucking soft in the head are you, man? You little bitch, you know? So <laughs> that's where, um, that's why I say it, you know, sometimes the more, well, for me, the more I pray, the worse things get. So I just step away from prayer. I'm like, all right, man, you know, that's, that's cool. You know, just if it works for people, that's fine. Cause I got a relative, my cousin, he married a beautiful, um, uh, beautiful young lady. She's not Navajo and, um, and things, you know, pretty much have been working out fine for him. He's got a nice house, a nice job, a nice car, and he's got, you know, his, his children and, and these guys take vacations you know, across the world on the other side of the continents and stuff like that. So I'm not jealous of him. I'm just, I'm just in awe of him. I was like, wow, dude, you know, I don't know how praying to God worked out for you, but for me, <laughs> I just started descending more into hell. The more I try to believe, the more I try to pray positive, think positive, the worse things got, you know? And so that's, you know, that's one way, you know, that's someone I know that praying uh, is belief in prayer and, you know, he's also a Christian, you know, he, he did do like a Navajo ceremony, but like almost like 15 years ago. And after that, um, he never really stepped back in, but you know, he seems to be doing well and hopefully, you know, yeah, I mean, hopefully that prayer stuff works for him. But for me, you know, um, it, it doesn't work like that. So I just, you know, shut my mouth and then, um, and then, you know, on social media, especially Facebook, 
um, people post on there for prayers, uh, you know, on their Facebook page. And not only that, not only that, there's like Instagram and all the other like Twitter and stuff like that asking for prayers. And when I see stuff like that, I just think how many people are doing the exact opposite? How many of them are reading those, those, um, those requests for prayers and actually wishing death or the, the worst negative thing that this person is trying to stay away from, you know, wishing for somebody to get that illness or the sickness or to die or for things not to work out or to get incarcerated, um, you know, all that stuff. So that's why on social media, I don't really, I really, I, I tend to stay away from, you know, asking for prayers, you know, totally altogether. I, I don't, I don't bother that. Uh, the stuff I'm going through, I'm just like, all right, that's fine. You know, it's, it's better. I do it. And then, you know, there was another post that I seen online where it says, um, don't post your personal problems online because, uh, 80% of people don't care and 20% are glad you have them. Now, I don't know who did the research on that, but that is definitely something worth considering next time, you know, uh, you might want to just take it easy on the, uh, asking for prayer things because, excuse me, because that whole thing right there is just, is just asking for trouble basically. So anyways, um, yeah, I passed my 15 minute mark, so I guess I'll go ahead and make these about 20 minutes each. Um, and that's why I was saying that, um, you know, this whole belief in prayer is it, to me, it's interesting because, um, you know, it's just all these words of positive, um, wishing for positive outcomes. And, and then at the same time when, um, you know, when people actually get something that works in their favor, like, um, sports teams, for instance, when they, when they win a championship or they get the top prize, they say, oh yeah, you know, either they'll, they'll say glory to God or God wanted me to have this, or God was with me and, you know, God made it happen and all this. And, you know, everybody pretty much says that, especially in the music industry, but then here they are all showing like, um, like images of death and hell and satanic, uh, horns and, and kind of doing like the, um, doing the opposite of what they're saying God helped them do. So, <laughs> so I'm like, you know, and then there's also these people like, um, when they're stranded, they'll come up to me and they'll say, Hey, sir, can you help me? And I'm like, ah, oh, shit, here we go. I'm like, what is it? And they're like, I need some gas. I'm trying to get to my, my wife and my kid. And I'm like, no, nah, you're not. And there are a few times where I was feeling pretty good, you know, feeling in a good mood. And I would tell this person, I would say, um, I would just tell them, you know what? Just look, I'll just help you with some gas, like maybe five, four or $5 worth. You go ahead and do your thing and just don't say anything else. Just go. They're like, well, if you give me your address, I'll pay you back. I said, no, you won't just go, man. I gave you some gas or I gave you bottle of water or whatever the hell just go, man. You know, don't worry about it. And then, you know, they'll say, oh, well, God bless you. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> don't tell me that shit. Anyways. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump on to the next second, second segment of this episode. And this one will be curses and contradictions. Pretty much the same thing, but let me see if I can change it up a bit. 